Welcome back to another episode of the Maryville Forum podcast. I'm Maryville Forum sports editor John Dykstra, joined by Maryville Forum writer Anthony Crane. Uh, we're doing a podcast a little differently this year, or this week, making it an actual podcast versus a video podcast. Um, it's going to be available um, wherever you're listening to it currently, obviously, but um, we're going to try to do this every week and give you more options to, to view the podcast and uh, get some opinions on, on the games we're writing about. That's how I'm kind of treating it as more of a, a weekly column just in audio form here. So uh, with that, we're going to go to a guy who's got a lot of opinions on our local teams, and that's, that's Anthony Crane. Anthony, just uh, going into this week, we finally made it to the last week of the regular season. Um, I say finally, it seems it's gotten here pretty quick, but um, a few months ago, we didn't know if we'd make it to this point. So just how excited are you for the last week of the regular season and figuring out some of these playoff matchups? Well, it's, uh, it's, it's tough to say. Um, you know, you don't want to wish away any weeks. Um, you know, at this point, I think we're all ready for districts and the playoffs. Um, getting here has not been easy um, for anybody, uh, especially our local schools. Northwest, Nottaway, and Platte Valley done pretty well. They've had some pretty good luck. But then you go to, you know, Worth County and Maryville. Uh, they've definitely uh, had their issues this season. Um, but they seem to be on the right track uh, at the most important time of the year. Platte Valley maybe hasn't had COVID bad luck, but I think they would argue with you about uh, having as far as kids available um, all season. They've been a little shorthanded. But, um, yeah, anyway, uh, we'll jump into this last week's worth of games because we're ready for the postseason, but there are certainly some some good matchups this week. And we'll start with Maryville. coming off of their big gauntlet stretch where they played Odessa tough and now the last two weeks have whipped up on uh, Lincoln Prep and Savannah. Um, they've just been really impressive, all three of those games um, so far. And with Savannah, a team that's been pretty dominant in the MEC up till that point, um, getting that win just really put them – Put them in great position for the playoffs, I think, and uh, and especially the way they did it. Anthony, did you take anything from from seeing that final score and uh, kind of how how lopsided that was? That uh, just to see what Maryville did in Savannah last week. Uh, I wasn't too surprised with that. I will say the MEC has been a bit weird this season. Uh, you know, Maryville went to St. Pius; uh, they struggled there. Uh, but then, you know, Pius turns around and, you know, they squeak one out against uh, Lafayette, who Maryville will see this week. Yeah. Um, it it just seems like the MEC has been a little up and down. Uh, and I don't know if, you know, that's because of everything going on. And, you know, it's hard to say what schools are having issues week to week. Um, but really, over the past you know, month or so, Maryville has been the most consistent team in the conference. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the good news for Maryville, at least for football, is they they voted in a squeaker vote to keep that hybrid uh, system in place. It was four to three, uh, which it was five to two before that. So one person gone 
apparently hasn't liked what they've seen and gotten on favor of getting rid of the hybrid system. But they are keeping that through Thanksgiving, which is going to be huge for Maryville sports here with some big weeks to avoid what we had early in the season with kids getting quarantined left and right. So mm-hmm. um, that that is a, a good development from them um, in an interesting, not to bring the news too much into this, but it certainly affects this in, in sports and having these kids finish their season. So um, that was definitely a good thing for Maryville um, athletes in terms of keeping their seasons alive. So uh, – Going into this week, though, you mentioned Lafayette. Um, Lafayette, win or lose, has played almost every game on their schedule right down to the wire. I know kind of going midway through the season, I kind of had this chalked up as a as an easy win for Maryville, honestly, seeing how Lafayette struggled and lost to Harrisonville early in the year, and Maryville was able to beat Harrisonville in a classic game but without – half their team because of quarantine. So I figured if the, mm-hmm. if the half team Maryville could beat them and Lafayette couldn't, this is kind of a, a no brainer. But then last week it, it kind of threw, threw a wrench into those plans with the close game against Pius. So um, I don't really know what to think of Lafayette at this point. They're, they're definitely probably a better team than their record indicates by the, the closeness of those losses they probably should have beat Cameron a couple weeks ago. Cameron had a punt return and a kickoff return for a touchdown in that game. And obviously won by, I think that was two points. Um, it was a one-score game regardless. So, it's very interesting to see to see what Lafayette comes out with next week. They're a team that always has athletes. They're, they've always got speed at the skill position. It's kind of their line play that all comes down to. And uh, I think Maryville will have the advantage there this week. But um, but it's certainly a more interesting matchup than I thought even a couple weeks ago. Anthony, what have you, from somebody who's been around the MEC as long as you have, uh, what do you think of Lafayette this year and just looking at how they've how they played this season, what would you uh, – what are your thoughts on the matchup? Well, you know, you bring up my experience at MEC. Uh, coach McDowell was our defensive line coach uh, when I was in high school at Benton. Um, so I know him fairly well, and I know that he he's a good coach. And, uh, you know, I can't really say, you know, what the skill level is at Lafayette this year. And, you know, like you said, looking at their schedule, it's it's been a mixed bag of uh, different things. Um, I know that you know, especially in St. Joe, the COVID situation hasn't been great. And I don't know if that's had any sort of effect on that team. Um, but he's a good coach. Um, I, I don't think he's so great that they're going to be able to pull one out this week. I just think that the way Maryville is playing right now, um, I just can't see Lafayette putting up much of a fight this week. Well, they'll put up a fight. I just don't think that they'll be able to you know, contain the spoof hounds. Yeah, I think the place where Lafayette can give teams troubles, like I mentioned before, they have such speed and skill at the receiver spot and, and stuff like that. Miles Henderson, the running back, is a good player too, who's been there a while. He's a senior. Um, but one of the strengths of the spoof hounds this year 
is their secondary with all those seniors, whether it's Connor Wise, Brady Farning, Caleb Kreisinger, Matt Goodridge, um, Cade Wilms, just a ton of seniors in that secondary. And I think that is kind of where they haven't had to lean on those guys too much recently. That's still the strength going in and where they can uh, – they can really contain Lafayette where some teams might struggle more with what just the skill Lafayette brings like they always do um, mm. with the talent they have. So, yeah, um, we'll skip into, we'll skip into picks now and I'll start. I'm, I'm predicting a couple weeks ago, I might've said like a 30 point win for Maryville. I think it's two touchdowns. I think uh, Lafayette comes out fired up. Um, it could easily be more like Savannah last week where they end up winning by a little, by three scores. Um, but I'm, I'm predicting two touchdown victory. I think it's somewhere in the range of, of like 30 to uh, 14 or something like that. But um, it'll be interesting to see what, what comes out of it and how, how they, uh, how they play this week. Yeah. Um, I'll go, I'll get, I'll give them a little bit better because uh, I like Coach McDowell. I'll say, uh, because originally I did think, you know, probably two scores. Um, we'll say 30-20. Yeah. I mean, I could see it going multiple ways. You get some, some turnover luck. That is the one place that Connor Drake has struggled recently is uh, either pick sixes or near pick sixes. Um, and he's, he's had like one of those a game for the last few games. So, with Lafayette's speed on the back end of their defense, I could see I could see a defensive score maybe cutting the margin a little bit more than it would be. Um, or even fumbles. They've had a little bit of an issue with fumbles. Um, they had one last week against uh, Savannah that kind of kept Savannah in the game early. Um, so they could see something like that. And they could just be looking ahead a little bit because, honestly, they have had – such a good last couple of weeks. And when you look at the schedule, Lafayette seems like, seems like a win you can chalk up and maybe you're looking ahead to districts a little bit. So yeah, it should be interesting though. And it should be a, should be a good one to go down and uh, check out on the North side, another at least shorter drive than, uh, than Kansas city had been there for a couple of weeks. So um, it should be, should be a good one, but we'll move on to, uh, Another area team, um, Platte Valley this week, um, coming off of a, a little bit of a disappointing loss to Stewartsville. Um, that was Stewartsville was probably favored in that game, but um, if you're a Platte Valley supporter, you'd probably have liked to have seen them keep it a little closer than it ended up being. Um, Anthony, just what do you take away from from that game? And I know it's a, a wounded Platte Valley team that went down there, but um, yeah. Just coming away, coming away with that loss. What What do you think they can take away from that? Um, you know, it's it's getting uh, to the point, kind of this year, where um, you know, it's you almost can't look at the scoreboard anymore. Um, especially now, moving forward, the Stewartsville game was disappointing. I think we both agree. While Platte Valley is down a little bit, I thought they would that game would be a little closer. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew there was a chance Stewartsville could win. They've been a little strange this season. You know, there have been points, you know, they begin games, they, 
you know, held East Atchison scoreless in the first quarter. Um, they're kind of hanging with uh, South Holt and Ottaway Holt for a little bit. Um, so I always thought that if they could do that for four quarters, you know, against Platte Valley, that that's a game they should win, um, especially with Platte Valley and all their injuries. And really, you know, I, I repeat myself kind of every week, but that's kind of where that program is now with all the injuries is you just have to keep trying to build momentum towards next season, uh, get the young guys as much experience as possible, and really just give your best effort every week. Um, and that's going to be tough to do with their remaining schedule. You know, this week they take on a really good East Atchison team, at least defensively. Um, and then you head into the week after that in districts where they'll probably have to play the one seed. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be a tough few weeks for them. Um, but like I said, they just have to try and build towards 2021 where I think all of us hope is a better season, especially, you know, Platte Valley. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned East Action this week and you also mentioned not uh, not uh, worrying too much about the scoreboard. And that's that's probably going to have to be the case against East Action. Um, they're obviously a good team and an angry team this week coming off of a close loss to Stanbury. So um, beyond Platte Valley a little bit, just tell us what you've seen from, from East Action lately. Um, they obviously opened the season with a tough loss uh, to Southwest Livingston, who ended up now looking back at it, they might be the best team in the state um, between them and North Andrew. So um, just what have you seen from East Action's growth? They've they had a couple of weeks off of quarantine as well. Um, so from, from the point they're at, began the season with that loss to Southwest to their most recent loss to Stanbury and all the wins in between. What have you seen from them? Defense. Um, I, I kind of saw it this summer um, as much as you can from being out of practice, but that is a, it's not a big defense. They're not going to uh, out physical you, but they're fast. Um, they get to the ball. Uh, and you saw that last week, you know, it was uh, old school, almost like they were a GRC team going up against Stanbury, you know, almost like a Worth County Stanbury type game where those two defenses just slugged it out. Um, Cause you don't see 20 to 18 very often in eight man football. Now, offensively, that's, that's kind of been their struggle. And I, I think they're still trying to figure that out. Um, they have some good skill position players with Merriweather and Headland. Um, but really for Platte Valley to have any sort of success, though, they have to focus on those two guys, um, which is tough to do. It's tough for, you know, healthy, good teams to do. So that's something I'll have to focus on. Um, but that's, that's a good East Atchison team, maybe not state championship level good, but, um, you know, comparable to what they've been the last few years. Um, you know, you saw they beat Mount City last year when Mount City was down a little bit. Um, so you can see they weren't they weren't elite, but they're a really good eight-man team. And really this year, eight-man, that's, that's all you have to be. Um, but, yeah, that the yeah. defense is scary. And the last few years, East Sessions lost a lot of good players with guys like McAdams and McEnany 
and uh, Bywater and a lot of those guys, and they they reloaded well. So I don't saying that they're kind of where they were before seems like a slight to them, but it's really not because they've been so talented before, and they've and coach up there just kind of has it has a role in where he's plugging in new guys. It helps to have a guy like Merriweather waiting to step in and guys like that, but. What's well, really the team with one senior? So they're still young, and uh, you, as you can see, while they've you know they had the Southwest loss, but that was understandable. Um, no one had any idea who Wes Hughes was coming into the season. Yeah. Um, so that kind of caught them off guard. Um, and then you know, two point loss to Stanberry. That's that's a good loss if you're gonna <laughs> if you're yeah. gonna lose, you can go to Stanberry and lose by two. Uh, especially from a 275 team um, because of, you know, the GRC believes they're a little bit better and they tend to be. Um, but if you can go to their house and uh, almost knock them off, that, that's pretty good. Yeah, we're going to have a conversation about Stanberry later. But um, I, I think those are two they, – they've got two losses to two of the top four or so teams in the state, five teams in the state. So yeah. – um, come playoff time, they, they're certainly capable of beating anybody. And I think they've – I mean, you wouldn't say that looking at the margin of the Southwest game, but I think they've learned a lot about their team. Like you said, being a young team since that Southwest game. And I think if they – who knows if they'll get another matchup with those guys, but if they do, I think it would be a lot better game the second time around. So – we will uh, we will see if that comes to fruition. But uh, moving on to another one of our teams here, um, another another tough game. Speaking of Southwest Livingston, um, Northwest Ottawa had to contend with Southwest last week and uh, didn't go didn't go great for them. They gave up a lot of yards, a lot of points to a Southwest team that's used to putting up a lot of yards and a lot of points this year. Um, but coming off of that loss, I don't know if there's really much you can take from that because it is, like I said, 1B, 1A team in the state right now and, and a really good team with Southwest. But going into this this last game they've got here with South Holt, not a way Holt, another top 10 for sure, maybe top five-ish team in the state, what, what do you want to see from – from that Northwest team that's made so many strides this year, but it's probably not ready. I don't think to, to knock off a top five ish team. Well, I think we need to see what we saw from them in the first half of the season. Um, you know, cause I think we would both agree uh, the way they've played the last few weeks hasn't been up to that level. Um, and it kind of started, um, uh, after their big win on homecoming against DCAB. And since then, uh, they've really kind of struggled. Um, you know, while they should, they weren't going to beat Southwest, um, to give up 300 yards rushing and 300 passing, that's not, you don't want to do that. You want to at least make them one-dimensional. And that's what, uh, you know, Southwest only lost this year against Mountain City. That's what they did is they made them one-dimensional. And Northwest wasn't able to do that um, against Southwest. And that's, that's kind of disappointing. So what they need to do this week um, 
is really just show their toughness because there aren't many teams in eight man that will beat you up like South Holt, Ottawa Holt does. Um, and so they're going to have to be ready to go uh, both mentally and physically um, because that while it may seem simple, you know, South Holt and Ottawa Holt may run six plays. They are very good at running those six plays and they're, you know, it's tricky, you know, stopping the option is difficult. Um, so they're going to have to be ready to go both physically and mentally um, and hang around in this one. You know, South Holt and Ottawa Holt is a really good team. You know, like you said, I think uh, we had them at six this week. Uh, Devin and I both voted them at four. Um, so they're a really good team. Uh, and their only loss was against uh, Southwest as well. So they're going to have their hands full trying to slow down uh, that offense that's, you know, got running backs everywhere and one of the best quarterbacks in the state. Yeah, and um, they are also coming off a week where they didn't play. So um, they're going to be fired up, I think, to get back on the field. And yeah. and that could that could add to the difficulty, I think, for uh, for Northwest Nottoway in that one. Um, of course, last week, South Holt Nottoway Holt had their – had their game canceled uh, because of quarantine situation at uh, Rockport. So, so coming in fired up for the last last week before uh, before districts. I think uh, Spartans probably come out with something to prove, and that leads us into our predictions for that game. And um, I'm predicting that one to uh, to get into the second half, but I don't think they finish that game. I think they just. Uh, that South Holt's too much. They're going to be fired up. Quinlan's too good. Um, they're they're going to roll to a victory in that one, I think. And uh, and Northwest will regroup and uh, see what they can do in the first round of districts next week. Yeah, and it is possible for them to complete this game while still not being too close. And I think if you're Northwest, that's kind of what you're hoping for, mm-hmm. um, because the. You, you know, two years ago, we watched the Spartans and they're aired out and, you know, they put up 60 points that away. Uh, this way, if you can hold on, you know, contain them a little bit and not give up the big 50-yard touchdown runs, you can, you know, the way they take the air out of the ball offensively and the way they run it, you could stay in this game and you could see three, four quarters in this. And I think if you're uh, the Muskets, that's what you're, your goal should be, hey, let's complete this game. Let's not get beat by 50 um, and just, you know, continue to get these young guys experience um, and staying in the game, completing four quarters against the top five team uh, will help them down the road. Uh, you don't want them falling into that that mindset of it's uh, the same old uh, Northwest not away. So that I think that's that's what I would predict. I think we at least see three quarters in this one um, before South Holt, you know, and that's, that's kind of issue is they, they beat you down and that's when the big plays happen. So they got to try contain them a little bit. Don't give up too many scores um, and just come ready to play. Yeah. And, um, and that brings us into our last game of, of our local teams. Um, from last week, it was Worth County, um, down some guys, still went down to North Andrew and gave them a game. Um, ended up being a couple-score game at the end. But um, 
uh, Worth County certainly showed that they're kind of on the way back, even if they're not quite there yet. Getting Aiden Gladstone back helped. So um, just what do you see? I know you were at that game. So what do you see from uh, kind of the season debut of Gladstone and, and what did he give that offense that they were maybe lacking in the past? Well, for two quarters, I saw the team that um, we, or at least, you know, a lot of people coming in the season thought was one of the top two or three teams in the state. Um, you saw that potential from them on both sides of the ball. Uh, Gladstone uh, was able to, you know, he had the 65-yard touchdown pass. They were able to throw the ball a, a lot more effectively than they have been all season, uh, obviously, with him. Um, now, my one you know, thing I kind of thought of today, actually, when I was talking about this earlier, was the difficulty that – or the situation that Healy has with, you know, because Alarcon has carried that offense all season. Um, and you kind of saw his productivity dip down a little bit last week. You know, maybe in the first game this year we didn't have 150 yards. And, you know, credit North Andrew for being able to slow him down but I've seen, you know, other really good defenses not be able to do that. And so I think maybe that's kind of what Healy is dealing with right now is how much do we throw it compared to how much do we feed our horse? Um, but uh, the one promising thing I thought was that first half, uh, you know, without Austin Welch, without a handful of other guys on their offensive and defensive lines, they were able to uh, – confuse, uh, frustrate that North Andrew offense that is really just – they've had their way with everyone this season. So I, if they're able to – and that's also the difficult part is we're getting to the year, point in the season where you can't have these issues with uh, guys in quarantine and stuff like that. So best-case best, best case scenario, they get everyone back, they get healthy for the playoffs. That is a really good Worth County team. Now their opponent this week um, has also kind of trended up in Stanbury. I worried about that offense a little bit at the beginning of the year. They just seemed out of sorts. Uh, the chemistry didn't seem to be there. Um, but they're they're looking a little better over the last month or so. Uh, it's kind of the same thing you always get from Stanbury. Uh, run, run, run. Um, their quarterback can throw it a little bit. It's not his strength. Um, but I expect this to be you know, what we've seen from Sanbury Worth County over the last few years, which is a lot of running, uh, a lot of defense. Um, but that that being said, you know, Worth County is going to have their hands full because that is, as we saw last week in CSAT, and that's the Sanbury defense is no joke. Um, they're big and fast. Um, so they're going to have their issues on uh, or moving the ball. So we'll see what Aiden Gladstone's able to do his second week back. You got some game action because you kind of saw in the second half of last week that he looked like a guy who hadn't played football in a while. Um, so we'll see how he does second game back and see what that Worth County offense can do. His, his, you mentioned Alicon kind of getting slowed down by, by North Andrew. I doubt North Andrew this whole season has given up 150 yards to anybody though. So is that, Maybe more to – I know you mentioned it was maybe a little on the defense, but maybe it was, was it a lot on that defense. I know that GRC is a tough schedule, but they hadn't played uh, 
they haven't played the two best teams in it yet with Stanbury and uh, and North Andrew. So going into that game, is that kind of maybe something that we should have maybe saw coming a little bit more just because of how good North Andrew is defensively? And uh, even though Alicron is obviously a great player and, and one of the best running backs in eight-man, um, is it kind of a little bit more expected that he would struggle when going against uh, – when going against that front? Yeah, it's probably a little bit of – I think it's a little bit of both because, you know, obviously if you're throwing the ball more, um, that's less carries for Alarcon. But, yeah, you're right. That that was That is a very good North Andrew team, especially on the – you know, that defense is big and strong. Um, where I thought they could have success was kind of running outside um, because it's not a fast defense. Um, but – what we've seen from North Andrew this year is, you know, even in the when they played Pattonsburg, who has athletes everywhere, you know, they were able to slow that offense down. So I, I don't know what Coach Williams is doing, but he's done a good job. Um, and to stop Andrew Alarcon when teams, you know, before Gladstone got back this year, it was, hey, we have to stop 15. And that's our main goal. If we stop 15, we stop that offense. And they weren't able to do that. So for him to be able to do that with Gladstone back uh, was really impressive. Um, another guy I was impressed with in that game was Jackson Rundy. Uh, he, he's a pretty good receiver, and uh, I think uh, you could see that a little bit um, with him and Gladstone was that connection there. You know, both juniors uh, probably played football together their entire lives, and you could see that chemistry, and that could be another big weapon for them moving forward. Yeah, and uh, moving forward, we go right into the Stanberry game, which, like you mentioned before, uh, North Andrew has a great defense. So does Stanberry holding holding East Action to 18 last week. So um, um, we'll we'll jump into predictions, and I'll let you bat lead off on this one. Um, what what do you see from this game? Obviously, they got to go to Stanberry um, right down the road, so it's not like it's a huge road trip, but. Uh, what do, what do you see from this showdown? Well, after last week's game, uh, you know, while I was waiting to talk to Coach Healy, uh, I was standing about 10 yards away from their uh, huddle, team huddle after the game. And you could, you could feel uh, the frustration in his voice. You know, watch, for Worth County, watching another team celebrate isn't something they're used to. Um, and they ended that breakdown with, uh, let's go beat Stanbury. Um, if the players can match that intensity this week, I think they can beat Stanbury. Um, and I would expect something similar to, you know, what Stanbury saw last week. Uh, I, I'm going to give it to Berth County, um, but it's kind of a coin flip. Uh, I would say 28-21 you know, would be my guess. Gotcha. I'm going the other way. I think Stanberry is really good. I think their defense is really good. Running backs are obviously, obviously have gotten the job done this year. Um, you're shaking your head, but I mean, Stanberry. You've loved this. You've loved the Stanberry team since the Jamboree. That's the Jamboree. The Southern little right back is Shiver, and he's he's a real deal. But um, they they've got a stable running backs there, though. 
and I think it takes more than more than two weeks of Gladstone being back before you can beat beat a team like Stanberry. Maybe they can get there in three weeks when they when they could face them again in the in the district uh, in like a second or third round matchup in districts. But I don't see it this week this quick, especially assuming they're still going to be down some offensive linemen and. Uh, and that Stanberry front is really good. So I I just don't see it this week. Maybe in a couple of weeks, like I said, I, I'm not going to necessarily stick to this pick for districts, but I'm sticking to it for this week. And I think, I think Stanberry wins. I think they win by a couple scores. I think it's like a 28 to, to 14 type game. And I think they yeah. – And, they're just and I, I don't think that's – I don't think that's out of the question either. Um, you know, like I said, if they're able to match Healy's intensity, yes, they can win. Um, if they come out flat um, or kind of, you know, they kicked the ball around a little bit last week, um, if they do that again, then, yeah, it'll be a two- or three-score game. I, I just hesitate with the breaking the huddle, saying we're going to beat them, like being a reason you're going to beat them. I don't think Stan Bear's breaking any huddles this week and saying, let's lose to Worth County. Like, they're, they're going to be fired up, too. It's a rivalry game. These are two teams that are, that are fired up, and I think, I think they're going to be excited to go on both sides. And I think when Stan Bear has played their best this season, it's been better than Worth County has had. And I know Gladstone's back, but they also have some guys gone, too. And I just think – this isn't the week for a full strength Worth County team. We have a whole podcast about it and break it down. But but this this week, I think Stanberry's got them beat, and uh, and I I just think for this week you gotta go Stanberry. But you are the eight man expert, so I won't try to argue with you too much more on it. Um, before we end the podcast, though, I just want to give a shout out to some of our. Some of our other teams that are already in districts this this week. I saw a great uh, softball game last week between Stanberry and uh, and uh, Platte Valley, and Platte Valley might be making a deep run into uh, into districts or beyond districts and into state the next week or two. So uh, I know you're partial to that team too, and have seen them a couple times this year. Um, so that that was just a really fun fun team and a team that could be make a deep run. Um, I'd also right. – yeah. oh, I watched them make a deep run last year. This team is uh, more talented than that one last year. So, um, But we'll see. Um, like I said, the last few games have been a bit rocky for them. Uh, the Stanberry one was uh, obviously – because Stanbury is also a really good team. Yeah, the Stanbury um, game was rocky last year too, and then they made it through that and kind of yeah. cruised a couple rounds. I'm kind of looking for the same sort of yeah. thing this year, likely, but uh, we shall we shall see for sure. Um, Jesse Miller, I think, is really coming into her own as a pitcher right now. So I think that's mm-hmm. that's a really good thing for for that team and. They're getting some freshmen that are stepping up too. Bradley Engel had the big hit uh, to to keep them alive in uh, in districts and extra innings. Maggie Collins, Malia's little sister, is another stud in that family and a great great player. So um, 
and she catches for him too and does a great job behind the plate. So I just think that team that team's really clicking right now and is a good team. Yeah. And uh, moving into some of our another one of our highlight teams from this week um, is is Maryville volleyball who finished a dominant season, didn't drop a set all through all through district or all through excuse me all through conference play in the MEC and and won the MEC title on Tuesday night, which was a huge huge deal for them, a senior laden team that has some big goals this season and should have big goals because they are extremely talented and could make a deep run for sure in the playoffs. So just wanted to give them a, them a shout too. And, uh, and our last one, you covered them the other day, but the three P uh, as Garrett Dunkey said, they're stuck on repeat right now. So um, uh, a little Maryville boys cross country kind of dominate and, and, uh, and pick up another another Midland Empire Conference title the other day with uh, with finishing uh, all four of the top places in the MEC meet with Garrett Dumpy, uh, Jag, uh, Kale, and uh, and uh, uh, Blackford, the freshman Connor Blackford. So uh, really great season by them too. And we we try to stick to football on this this podcast because we don't want to go two hours talking about everybody here but uh I just thought those teams kind of deserved the shout out and uh and you got to cover cross country the other day Anthony um just just what do you see from those guys and how much fun were those guys to cover I know you had a a couple fun quotes with Jag in that story that is an extremely confident group um and that starts with uh coach Beatty um they're, they're going to have some success as long as, you know, they don't run into any quarantine issues. That's a team that uh, will do well down at state um, yeah. and they believe in themselves. So, uh, but it's a fun group. I enjoy covering them, speaking to those guys. And I, th- I think they're, you know, winning the MEC is great. Um, and I know they love doing that, but you can tell this is a team that has higher aspirations this year. Yeah, they. I think I think winning the MEC after doing it the last couple of years was kind of a a built-in play-in this year, and they didn't have much doubt about doing that. And you can see how dominant they were. So districts and state—that's what's coming up, and those are big, big things for them. As well as uh, well, a little little half bonus shout out because they didn't have their conference meet this week. But West Nottaway. Speaking of another. Another coach, we've got some cross-country coaches that don't lack your confidence with uh, Coach Beatty and then Bill Blay and, uh, and Colton Blay up there at West Nottaway. They they know they're talented and they're ready to go get it too. So it um, should be a fun fun postseason for for all our sports and not just, uh, not just football here, but we're certainly looking forward to getting to football too. So uh, yeah. With that, we'll we'll be back next week to break down all the district first round uh, playoff matchups and what we see from those games. But until then, thanks for listening to the Maryville Forum Sports Podcast.